When the phone rings at 4.30 in the morning, it is rarely signaling good news. Is it one of our children, a Mount Olivet member, a staff member in crisis, one of our parents? That's what happened this Tuesday morning as Sharon and I were sound asleep as Tropical Storm Isaias was blowing through. It was Gloucester County on the phone telling us to move to an interior location in our home because a tornado had been detected in Hampton. Isaias was no longer the Category 1 hurricane that came ashore near the South Carolina-North Carolina border, but it still packed quite a punch. The winds were blowing out of the east-southeast at 40 to 50 knots. The rain was coming down in drenching bands. As soon as we moved to our secure location, the power went out. We listened with heightened awareness to the maelstrom occurring outside. As the sun rose an hour later, the winds died down as the eye passed overhead. I walked around our property to look for any damage and to check on our neighbors. As I was walking back to the house, the winds picked up again, this time from the opposite direction, as we hunkered down for Isaias, part two. We began preparing for this storm four days earlier. I learned during Hurricane Isabel in 2003 just how fierce hurricane-strength winds can be. When tree branches unexpectedly break and fall, when lawn furniture is picked up by the wind and becomes a missile, Isaias did not disappoint and, like all severe weather, was deserving of respectful fear. Sharon and I and our neighbors are okay. We only suffered some limbs that came down across our driveway and the inconvenience of having no power for over 24 hours. It is humbling, though, to live through such an experience when nature becomes so threatening to human life and we can do nothing but prepare for the worst and hope for the best. I say humbling because we are not in control. There is a lot of that going around these days, those humbling experiences where we are not in control. We're living through a pandemic that shut down much of our country and world in hopes that by autumn we could return to some semblance of normalcy. But despite our best efforts, there is a national resurgence of cases. Many have it much worse, losing jobs and income. Parents, you have had to balance your occupations and personal endeavors with educating and entertaining children 24-7. You're trying to help your children through this summer when they cannot attend physical summer camp, visit neighborhood friends, or go to a movie theater. I cannot even imagine how hard this is for you. 
How will we make it through such times? How do we not let fear and bitterness cripple us? How do we not let the lack of control over our own lives have a power over life that is irrational and all-consuming? We all worry about things we cannot change. We even worry about things we can change, but we do not have the will or the understanding to even know how to change it. Yes, lack of control is something we all live with these days. Added to this is our fear for safety, our livelihoods, our health, and that of our families, friends, congregation, and community. This new virus, a novel virus that few have an immunity toward, that has no vaccine. I want to look at today's scripture as a message of hope and strength in a time such as this, a message of truth that can help us through to the other side of COVID-19. Our scripture features Peter, the man of faith, the leader upon whom Jesus would build the church. Peter was bold, impulsive. He was like a bull in a china shop. But Peter also demonstrates what happens when we realize that we are not in control. Jesus tells his disciples to go by boat to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Once they depart, he goes and prays alone. As the disciples are sailing, a storm arises, and the sea becomes a frenzy. Seeing nature change so quickly, and feeling on the edge of maintaining control of the boat, the disciples are beside themselves with fear. Jesus comes to them and says, Do not be afraid. I suspect at this point, the disciples were not sure if they should be more afraid of the storm or this apparition of Jesus walking across the sea. Peter says, Lord, if it is you, let me get out of the boat and stand with you. And Jesus replies, come on, Peter. When Jesus told him to get out of the boat, he was telling Peter to step into that which he was afraid because he had no control over it, the sea. Maybe Peter thought that if Jesus could do it, then surely he could as well. So Peter stepped out of the boat at Jesus' bidding, and he did it. Hey, guys, look at me. I'm standing on the water just like Jesus did. This is cool. This is awesome. Wow. What comes next, though, is what is so very important to remember from this story. At some point, Peter became distracted by the wind. And when he was distracted, he began to look around and think of all the things that could go wrong. And in his distraction, he began to sink. I think the wind is a metaphor for all those things of which we are afraid when they come into our awareness, our safety, 
changes that we don't have the faith or the knowledge and traditions to handle. Financial worry. And Peter got caught up in fear and began to sink. I also believe the water is a metaphor for chaos in life, those circumstances when life is beyond our control. Throughout Scripture, water is a symbol of chaos, the great void, and hell. The sea is the place where people die because they drown. The sea is hell on earth. And Peter begins to sink into hell when the power of fear takes a hold of him. What saves Peter is when Jesus calls his name and takes his hand. Immediately, Jesus brings him back into the safety of the boat. What saves Peter is what saves all of us, keeping our eyes upon Jesus. I believe this so completely. What saves us from being consumed by fear, by a life that is approaching or is already out of control, what saves us is keeping our eyes upon Jesus. In the midst of fear and the uncontrollable, keep your eyes on the one who, by his mercy and grace, takes you by the hand and walks with you through the chaos. He is the bridge between the vulnerable place where you grow fearful and the boat of safety. Helen Howarth Lemmel was born in England in 1863 into the home of a Wesleyan minister who immigrated to America when Helen was a child. <coughs> she loved music, and her parents provided the best vocal teachers they could find. Eventually, Helen returned to Europe to study vocal music in Germany. In time, she married a wealthy European, but he left her when she became blind and Helen struggled with multiple heartaches during midlife. <laughs> At age 55, Helen heard a statement that deeply impressed her. She took the words and wrote them into a hymn that very week. It's a hymn many of you know, a hymn that not only gave her hope in the midst of living with blindness and abandoned by the love of her life, but ironically, gave her a vision to overcome fear, self-pity, the sense of life being beyond her control. And the words can be a source of hope and strength for you and for me in the midst of all we are confronting these days. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And that is speaking truth to fear and the uncontrollable. Amen.